Have you been shadow banned by the liberal media? Free market got you down? Do you get ratioed on every Twitter post because of your shit takes on literally everything? Then producer Dave and HK are probably watching your three-hour dissertation on how a tomato cannot possibly be a fruit because gender and critical race theory can be cured with ivermectin. The Intellectual Dollar Tree, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please leave it a one-star review on iTunes. Check out the rest of our schedule at ecoplexmedia.com. And the homosexual community, one's called the bottom, the other's called the top. Weird way of doing sex. Uh, not appropriate. everybody it's sunday it's time for the plex we do the show live every sunday 7 p.m pacific right here on twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplex media once again this week i did not have time 
nor the willingness to try to separate out a segment for the upfront hour. So we're going to go with a long format podcast, people checking it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever. Get comfortable. Get comfortable or maybe listen in segments. Give me about two hours on your podcatcher. But you'll catch a little bit more of what the live show's like a little bit. Maybe I'll interact with the chat a bit more. You can support this project at patreon.com slash echoplex, or if you just go to our website, click the support tab, you'll find other ways to support us. However you can do that is fine with me. And if you don't want to give me any money because you're like, why would I give that guy any money? You could be like, hey, friendo, you should check out the Plex and then tell them about the podcast. And then maybe they'll give me some money. I don't know. Anyway, I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder, and we're just going to get right to it. Uh, as always, the uh, list of links is in the show notes. And if you're watching live, you can hit exclamation point docket in the chat to uh, get the list of links for the week. It's long this week. We're not going to get to all of it. But what we are going to get... We're going to get excited. We're going to get excited because Nikki Haley is running for president. Wait, that's not right. We're not going to get excited for that, I don't think. We're going to get something. Nikki Haley is running for president, y'all. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. But my mom would always say, your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that- Lady, you may be mixed race, but like you were, I guarantee she, like, look, she was treated like a, like a, like a, like a white lady because she, whiteness isn't about your genetics or even the heritage. It's literally about how society views you. Society views this lady as white. Founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. She's like, why can't we do that here in the United Even States? On our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. I was born and raised in South Carolina. So I have seen the very best of our country. People here threw out the old tired political establishment and demanded accountability for their tax dollars. Industry reports called us the beast of the Southeast, which I love. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always it's a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. We were strong. We were proud. And when evil did come. Police in South Carolina are looking for a gunman following a shooting at a church. Several victims, we don't know the uh, severity. We turned away from fear toward God. And oh, for fuck's sake. Still make our country Why didn't God stop the shooting? And greatest in the world. We must turn in that direction again. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. 
Joe but Biden. it doesn't matter if you lose the popular vote. You've won half of those elections. ...is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility. She's talking about a new generation and the, everybody around her is like 10 years older than I am and I'm no spring chicken. Secure our border and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite... Nancy Pelosi, like... Bernie's like a sock down, like a, a social democrat or democratic socialist. That, like the other three are just uh, neolibs. History. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, unless it's Donald it Trump, them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. So there's actually a lane for her and she could get a lot of moderates. But the thing is, she'd have to go after a lot of fucking people. She'd have to go after a lot of fucking people that she's previously associated with people who would probably call her a friend. And I don't think she's got the what it takes to do that. I don't think she's got the intestinal fortitude to do that. Um, But there's a lane for someone like her. If she goes, you know what? We've been doing this all wrong. We got to stop with this, this shitting on gay people. We got to stop with these moral panics. We got to we got to get like we got to get the show on the road and deliver things, and we got to work with uh, liberals who we can agree with on things to try to get some things done here because we have some real problems in this country. We need to work with the liberals and the people we disagree with on th- issues of race and sexual discrimination. If she comes out and does that, there's a lane for her in the 2024 Republican primary, and she might do okay, but she's not going to do that because there's no. I don't think she knows there's a lane there and I might even be wrong. There might not even be a lane there left anymore. They might've turned that into a bike lane or something. I don't know. Anyway, here's uh, two clips of uh, Nikki Haley on the Sean Hannity show where uh, Sean asks her just the, like basically the most simple question is like, where do you and Trump, uh, Donald Trump, her, the most likely uh, front runner in the 2024 uh, presidential primary on the Republican side, where do you and Donald Trump disagree on uh, policy? And if you can imagine this, she's going to have a hard time coming up with anything. If you had to delineate where, say, you and President Trump differ on issues, where would you start? Well, first, let's say in reference to Whoopi, um, you know, the thought of me getting into the race makes the liberals' heads explode. And so I Yeah, but you're not running against Whoopi. You're not going to be... That's not... He didn't ask... Are you running against Whoopi Goldberg for something? Right. You know, when it comes to what we're looking at now, listen to the first 20 minutes of your show. Look at everything that's wrong in this country and tell me we don't need new leadership. But the difference is we need new generational leadership. We have to leave. So she's saying the the only difference she's going to like draw between her and Trump is that he's got like 30 years on her. I think that's all she's going to do or 20 years on her.
status quo. We have to leave this chaos behind and we've got to start talking about the future. You need a Washington outsider that's going to come in and say, it's, yes, I understand that families are having to pay more to make their grocery bill. I understand that they are worried about their children who may never get back from what they lost during COVID. I understand the fact that when someone's factory leaves town, he's worried that his future went with it. I understand that you should not have Americans looking up at the sky and seeing a Chinese spy balloon looking back at them. This is insanity. And what we need are a lot of changes. First of all, we've got too many politicians in D.C. that are past their prime. We have to have term limits in Congress. We need to see competency tests for any elected official over the age of 75. We've got to... You can't... No, no. No, 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 that you can't do that. You can't you the competency, the, the, the competency test is supposed to happen during the election, Nikki. Addiction that is happening that is causing inflation to go up. And we need to start realizing that we don't need our politicians getting on TV and talking. We need the people in D.C. doing and we need to spark a fire up under them. And that's what I'm willing to do. And if you are tired of losing because we've lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. We're doing something wrong. If you're tired of losing, then join me and go to NikkiHaley.com because we are going to go and... She'd put out as much policy there as the forward party. Fight for a strong and proud America again. Are you saying that the reason Republicans lost the popular vote, I mean, we have an electoral college vote system for the very reason uh, that big cities like New York and big cities in New Jersey and Chicago and Los Angeles and San Francisco uh, won't be deciding presidential elections. Uh well, that's stupid. That's where all the people live. We, we wouldn't want where the places where everybody lives to decide the election now. Uh, here's from the same interview. She gets yet another opportunity to uh, ask just a single policy difference between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. Let me go back to my original question, though, because anybody that is looking or seeking a nomination, you're going to be comparing and contrasting your policy positions, your views, what direction you want to take the country with your competitors. Uh, right now, there's, there's former President Trump is the only other candidate uh, for the nomination. We expect many others, maybe even Mike Pompeo, who was on earlier in the program today. Where do you see, if you see, policy differences beyond what you mentioned, which are generational differences? What, what specific policy areas would you, would you say part with Donald Trump? What I am saying is, I don't kick sideways. I'm kicking forward. Joe Biden is the president. <laughs> he's the one I'm running against. And what no, he's I'm not. Is you don't no, he's not. You are not the presumptive nominee. Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee. This is incorrect. Have to be 80 years old to be president. We don't need to have these same people going back again. We need something new. We need a new generation of fighters. We need people that understand where the American, your average American, is coming from, and we shouldn't be afraid to fight for that. But them. the average American now is one of the people that lives in those cities that Sean Hannity shouldn't decide the election. I hate to tell you that. That's what I'm willing to do. I'm not going to kick sideways. I don't have time for that. That's not my focus. I'm kicking forward. It's all about Joe Biden, and it's all about the people in America winning again. And that's why we want everybody to go to NikkiHaley.com, because we're in this to win it. All right, uh, Governor, we're going to be following, obviously, this race is now. 
I'm telling you, she the only chance she has is to go after Donald Trump, to just go after him, to be like, you know what? I'm not really a racist. She's like, people, I've said things and people have said I'm racist, but I'm not Donald Trump. She's like, I'm not calling immigrants invaders, although she probably has, right? But she doesn't, that doesn't matter to Republicans, right? She could go, she needs to go out there and just take it to him. If she's not going to do that, she doesn't stand a chance. And so Donald Trump's going to be the nominee because I don't know who else is going to run. Is Ted Cruz going to run again? Mike Pompeo? Mike Pence? Is Mike Pence going to take it to Donald Trump? Like, if she's not going to, like, go after, like, her opponent from the drop, the her opponent who everyone thinks is going to get the nomination, then she doesn't have a chance. Her only chance is to do the thing she desperately does not want to do because it's a big risk. It's a big risk for the rest of her career. But I mean, them's the breaks, Nikki. Them's the breaks. So we're going to move on here. We have a few stories about the balloon kind of scattered throughout the docket this week. This one is Arizona House of Representatives member, uh, a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from Arizona. This is Andy Biggs, and he's going to talk about the fucking balloon. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to say about the balloon, but he's on the Steve Bannon show, so he's probably going to say something fucking stupid about the balloon. Uh, you know, the, the, the normal BS, because quite frankly, Steve, so many times, and I didn't go to, I did not, I purposely, so I could talk about it, I purposely didn't go to the last one, because what, what so often happens is they just, they give you information that you could read in any newspaper, or uh, on any online news aggregator. So they don't tell us the full story. They don't tell us the truth. And that's why you see things, uh, you know, and I, I really believe this, they're spying on our own people. They're spying on members of Congress. Uh, they're spying on local political parties we're finding out today. And, and so you throw this, this in there and you say, our government just doesn't tell us the truth. And they don't understand that the legislature, the Congress, is supposed to be their overseers, and this is supposed to be a civilian government uh, that military answers to, and not the civilian govern government answering to the military. Stupid. So, the reason that you're not going to hear anything directly from the government, that you're not going to hear from like news outlets, is because the news outlets are going to get the uh, information from the government and then say, well, the government says X. And that's why you're not going to get anything that different from the government because the news outlets already have the information. In fact, you're probably getting the information. They're probably getting all their information from the news outlets. Like the, the government doesn't just put out ugh, it's so crazy. I don't even give a fuck about the balloons. I we've, I've been over this. I think the, 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 the power move for the United States is to laugh at the balloons it's to be like, you sent what? <laughs> Come on, G. He said a balloon. That's the power move. That's what that's what the fucking United States needs to do in this situation. But everybody wants to be fucking afraid of China, I guess. So this next clip is uh, Tucker and his guest. Oh, this, oh, this guy looks familiar, but um, they're going to go after Chelsea Handler for having the nerve to say that uh, that it's fine that she doesn't have kids. She's like, I don't have any kids and that's fine. Apparently to these people, that's the fucking biggest sin in the world. Jesse, does narcissism, does living for yourself, 
when it's always about you, is that the road to joy and fulfillment? I wonder. You know, I, I wonder why you called me a wise man, Tucker, because I'm actually very stupid. You see, That's true. when I was a kid, <laughs> I thought I was wise. I thought I was very intelligent. I did. And you know why I thought that, Tucker? Because I had a mom who loved me, and she was always, Jesse, you're the smartest, and Jesse, you're the best. And then one day, I'm 18 years old, and I got a 0.0 grade point average in college. I'm not making that up. And I realized... You're not actually smart. Everything you've been told is a lie, Jesse. You get a zero point. Do you just not attend? You're actually quite stupid, and you're going to have to deal with that. That's <laughs> what you see women like Chelsea Handler, feminists like Chelsea Handler, going with now. They've been lied to by their society forever. Yeah. That you could be a girl boss, and you can do anything a man can do, which everyone... Well, girl boss culture is a bit of a problem, too. Right? I mean, it's, you know, it's a... It's kind of a reaction a lot of women who want to have uh, uh, good careers uh, have had to the patriarchy and to sexism in the workplace. That girl boss shit's fucking problematic, too. Who's ever seen a woman back up a vehicle knows that's not true. But either way, they've been told Wait, that what? they should do career and don't uh, do not do a family or anything. What like the that. fuck? Anybody who's seen a, what, a fucking woman can't put a car in reverse and go backwards for a few feet? You're Chelsea Handler. Soon it's Valentine's Day, and your womb resembles a dried-up tumbleweed blowing down an old western town, and your Valentine's Day date for the tenth year in a row is a ten-year-old copy of Magic Mike and a half-full bottle of Xanax, and you're trying to pretend like you're happy, but you're not happy, and it's actually not her fault. She's been lied to by a country that I has lost that. its way. But we don't know if she's dating somebody or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because you don't have kids doesn't mean, like, we... <clears throat> you know, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Handler has actually played it kind of close to the vest as to whether or not she's uh, dating people or whatever. And um, so we don't know. She she could be in a fucking five year long, 10 year long relationship and we would never know because it's not her fucking responsibility to tell us. But I bet if she won, she had threw a Valentine's Day party for all the all her single friends and shit. That'd probably be a great party. It'd probably be a bunch of famous people. I'd like to get invited. Get some of them famous people on my show. My God, I bet she's a great neighbor too. Anyway, we're gonna move on. Unfortunately, to Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza is gonna tell you that slaves didn't build America, and neither did immigrants. Well, the answer will surprise you and. It's not gonna. It's a non-zero uh, chance that Dinesh is just gonna claim to have built America himself. America was built on slavery. This has become a standard trope of critical race theory. That's it's not some... critical race theory. America was largely built by slaves. Is not critical race theory. <laughs> Holy shit, man! Something that is taught in our schools. It is something that has now surfaced on a Disney show called The Proud Family. Oh, it's, this, this is now, just now surfacing, everybody. Just now surfacing that uh, a, lot of, a lot of America was, in fact, built by slave labor. It's a kind of a cartoon show, and, uh, but weaved into it are themes of slavery and reparations. And um, because it's a cartoon show where the target audience is black children and their black parents. So they're going to talk about these issues on that show. It's I've watched a couple episodes because it's been in the news lately. It's, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not really into animation, but the show seemed pretty smart to me. I want to just quote uh, a line or two. This country was built on slavery. 
which means slaves built this country. And goes on to talk about why that creates a foundation, a moral foundation for reparations. Now, this may seem like inarguable, which is to say self-evident. I want to argue. Inarguable and self-evident aren't actually the same thing, right? Like long division is not really self-evident, but I would suggest to you that it's inarguable. Like if you get the right answer anyway with long division. That's one of those things that we tend to take for granted so much that it takes a little bit of thought and scrutiny to realize that it's not true. What is not true? This country was not built on slavery and slaves didn't build it. And think of how if that if what I said is true, it blows the foundation for reparations right out of the water. The premise. Well, no, actually, the, the no, it doesn't. Because I could give a different argument for reparations. I could be like, well, the, we, we had people in chattel slavery for a very long time. And that uh, made it hard for their, them to build intergenerational wealth. And then after the Civil War, there was still institutional discrimination um, in housing, in banking, in like government laws against you owning a house in certain places. Government laws against you having bank accounts. So no, we don't need... That's that you, I could find you, you keep telling me all these things aren't true and I'll just keep coming up with other reasons why people make good arguments for reparations. Self is false. But how can it be false? Didn't slaves, at least some would say, well, they certainly helped to build this country, didn't they? And I would say, in a sense, no. And <laughs> oh, no. It's like, I'm a capitalist. And they, did they put up their capital? I don't think so. Why, the reason I say no is because it's not that the slaves didn't do any building. Slaves, of course, were, there was some slavery uh, in the North um, also. Uh, what the fuck? There was some slavery in the North also. Uh, before the. Yes, uh, yes, the, yes, yes. Not everyone in the North was good. Thanks, Dinesh. Boy, glad we got that fucking worked out. Most of slavery was either abolished or on its way to being abolished in the era of the American founding. And then slavery became more regional. Like, do you mean in other countries, most, a lot of slave, yeah, a lot of other countries during the era of the founding of this country had abolished chattel slavery. That is correct. Good, another good observation. Except that's not what he's saying. And on the way to being abolished, what does that even mean? Like, what, what, on the way to being abolished? It's on the way to being abolished in the same way that I right now I'm on my way to go get lunch tomorrow. Like eventually I'm going to hop on my bike or go to the kitchen or whatever I do to go get lunch tomorrow. So uh, technically anything that's going to happen in the future, we're on the way to no matter what. It was in the South, mainly plantation slavery, small and large plantations. Okay, so the slaves built the plantations. But what happened to the plantations in the Civil War? They were destroyed. They were leveled to the ground. Sherman burned Atlanta. So at the end of the Civil War, what was left in the South was very little. Just land, agriculture. The South had to sort of rebuild its way out of... Okay, you idiot. So a lot of the capital from that people gained via free, forced free labor, i.e. slavery, a lot of that capital went up north. They were investing it in companies that were building factories. How is this guy, a capitalist, not able to understand this? You know, a, a kind of rubble. So the slave, what the slaves built was destroyed. 
uh, during the Civil War. And the idea that America today is somehow built by slavery is, I think, nonsensical. Now, it's tempting for people to go from there to say, well, all right, but what about the immigrants? Didn't the immigrants build America? No, they didn't either. Uh, well, who the, who the fuck is it then? Because, I mean, you go back far enough, we're all immigrants here, right? And um, it wasn't the slaves, okay, it wasn't the, wasn't the people who came here against their will from Africa, it wasn't the immigrants, that's you and me, uh, our descendants were immigrants. Uh, the people who were here before us, we, um, well, you know, you know that story. So, the aliens? I'm not saying that the immigrants, again, didn't do anything, they didn't work, uh, but the country was built by the original European settlers. They he means immigrants, then the ones who established the economic and political and moral foundations for a strong, prosperous, and decent nation. And I would I, suggest not. This is me tweeting, we are all living off the fruits of their labor. Now, I knew when I said this, it would sort of set off a little bit of a social media stir, and sure enough. No, it's that, I mean, is it, does he mean social media stir or was everybody just calling him a dumb motherfucker in the comments? Because, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's some kind of social media stir. I probably saw if I saw that shit, I called him a dumb motherfucker in the comments. I get all kinds of comebacks and um, and uh, one of these He's like, I'm going to read the dumbest ones to you. Comebacks as well. Dinesh, you know, the um, uh, the, um, the settlers are the same as immigrants. You're, you're talking about settlers, but didn't the settlers come from another country? Doesn't this make them immigrants? Uh, no. No, because they're white. Excuse me. Settlers are not the same as immigrants. There's a real difference between a settler and an immigrant. I put it this way. The settler is the guy who shows up and builds the country. He's the f There was already a civilization here. It just wasn't like the civil it wasn't the structures were different than than European. I guess was it I don't even monarchism, I guess, was the overwhelming um overwhelming system of government in Europe at the time was monarchy. So there just wasn't a monarchy. So I guess, well, no government here. Well I don't got a king, what the fuck? first guy to actually create the recipe for a society. Now, if it happens to be a good society, good recipe, good society, then immigrants will leave their own country and move voluntarily to the better country that the settlers have created. In other words, immigrants move to already existing established societies because they like the way so that let's even let's even let's even take this at face value. Most of us can't trace our uh, heritage back to the fucking pilgrims. Right? Like most people, their family, the first person to move here, most people, this place was already the United States of America at the time. But who organized it? Not the immigrant the settler. And this is why the countless immigrants who have come to America over the generations, me included, all of us owe a great debt to the pilgrims and to the original settlers. They are the ones more than anyone else, more than the immigrants, more than the slaves. They are the ones who really built America. Now, um, once I establish propositions that are hard to argue against, I get quibbles. And here's a quibble. No, no, no. You've established you, what you're doing is fucking revisionist history and you're playing word games. This is not a, a position that's hard to argue. Like. 
uh, that comes from somebody on social media. Hey, Dinesh, care to weigh in on the assertion that European settlers weren't immigrants? I'm sure lots of First Nation leaders, meaning Native Americans, would have a different interpretation of history. And here I make the point that being here first doesn't mean anything. I mean, does the Wait, first what? Bedouin who arrives at an oasis own the oasis? No. European settlers are the ones who developed this country. They built towns and cities. They established the nation on a political and economic foundation. But they, the, the First Nations people who were here had versions of economic and political foundations, and they had versions of cities. People weren't all just like, people weren't all just like somewhere all by themselves. They had societies, they had communities. Sure. I guess it, it didn't look like, again, it didn't look like a fucking city in Europe at the time, but that, okay. Like what the fuck? They created this widespread opportunity and this widespread prosperity. Uh, I think I speak for immigrants here. We didn't come to the America, the native Americans created. If the Native Americans had continued to run the show, I would still be back in India. The reason that immigrants like me came to America is to be, to be part just of the to country that the campaign fraud. settlers created here. That's the America that we're grateful for. That I just I just can't even with that. It's just it's like rewrite a rewrite a false rewriting of history and then just quibbling. He's like, oh, people are quibbling. No, you're quibbling about words. And then just the idea that because he doesn't believe that what existed here before the pilgrims or, or whatever came here was what he thinks a civilization should have looked like at the time. Therefore, there was no civilization here. He, <clears throat> he basically just called them savages without using the word, right? Because that's what he means. He's like, well, those people were savages. And he just basically means they weren't white, which is a really interesting thing for a man with his complexion to be saying, if you ask me, but whatever. The only solidarity is class solidarity. So here's uh, Jesse Waters on the five. Um, just living his best life. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, Twitter not being, uh, not being so cooperative. Here we go. They're missing. Uh, we don't know where they are. I hope we find them. But we haven't even kept track of the migrants, so I don't think we're going to get to yeah. the bottom of that. Gretchen says that DeSantis is divisive, but she's calling your son racist and suggesting he chop his ding-dong off. Wait, what? What is that about? And then on Baltimore, we have to stop expecting... Wait, what? ...competence. These are government schools. We shouldn't expect competence from the government. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the government fails us everywhere and then the worst i don't care what the context of that was these people they're like oh the government fails at everything but then like they love the fucking military they love the fucking police they think the government fails at anything that isn't violence i think that's my my guess is that that's what they don't think they think the government should only be imposing violence and not for nothing, imposing violence on uh, their part, their personal political enemies. <sighs> Here's the dumbest person on Fox News accidentally saying uh, something reasonable. This is Steve Douchey on uh, Fox and Friends. 
going to talk about railroad regulation and how uh, accidentally he's going to accidentally say that uh, Donald Trump was part of the part of the reason that some of this railroad regulation was rolled back, causing not causing, but uh, possibly leading to some of the problems we've been seeing with uh, railroads over the last you know forever, I guess. In a border state. And of course, the oh, news about the border uh, never goes away. Uh, Americans are paying attention to this issue. They always are. A new Gallup poll shows that American satisfaction with the level of the immigration into the U.S. Uh, they are 63 percent of them are very dissatisfied or very and somewhat dissatisfied with only 28 percent. But that question doesn't mean anything. Some of those people in this 63 percent think that we're not letting enough people in. I don't think it's the majority of this 63% who believe that, but some of them, some of these people are, are you satisfied or dissatisfied with the amount of immigration coming? I'm dissatisfied. I think we should let more people in. So I've just answered the question that I'm dissatisfied with. The, what a dumb Paul. Very satisfied. 8% saying they have no opinion. Where so are, this is top of mind for a lot of yeah. folks. Uh, and it wasn't just illegal immigration either. It was also legal immigration. Sure. So the, both of them. Come then out. I definitely think we're not letting enough people in. Yeah, I'm dissatisfied with the level of immigration. When you look at the crosstabs, the people who are the most upset about Ill illegal migration into the country, Republicans. In fact, uh, it was 40% two years ago with Republicans, and now it is at 71% with Republicans. 71% of Republicans do not like what is going on on the southern border. It's the highest ever recorded by uh, Gallup. What's interesting, though, also, as it turns out, uh, by age... The older you are, the more you don't like this uh, dissatisfaction. Well, who watches Fox News? With people 55 and older was 21 percent two years ago. Now it's at 55 percent. A majority of people over 55 don't like it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, for the people who don't like it, the number of uh, independents, which would cause the White House to do something about it, is still low. Only 36% of independents are bothered by it, and 52% of Democrats are satisfied. So until those numbers get higher, the administration's not going to change anything. Oh, I was, I'm sorry, my show notes were that Steve Ducey keenly states the obvious. He just stated the obvious. He's like, and not for nothing, the, the demographic that he's talking about that are terrified of what's going on on the border are terrified about what's going on on the border because they watch Fox News. And Fox News has been like, hey, you, be terrified about what's going on at the border. This has been like a drumbeat on Fox News for 20 fucking years. Easy. Remember after 9-11, Fox News was round the clock telling you to be afraid of immigrants because that's how 9-11 happened or whatever. Up next is more Fox News this week. I'm sorry, it's a bit heavy on the Fox News. Um, this is The Five, and it is aggressively, aggressively unfunny. Happy Valentine's Day, America. Love is in the air, among other things. And I hope my co-hosts are ready to be seduced because I'm about to tell you the way to their hearts. Mm, Dana, she's sweeter than a sugar cube, which is what she sits on during America's newsroom. But if you take her out to dinner tonight... <laughs> Don't forget the utensils. What the fuck? I should have put this in red light. Oh. I got my hotel room and then I walked from the elevator all the way around and I had 
put the dressing on the salad and then I realized I didn't have a fork, I ate my salad with my fingers. Everybody. What a great forking story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and under that suit and tie, Jesse's got the physique of a personal trainer gone to pot. But if you're headed to a restaurant, make sure to bring the tip money. After they what? get coffee and say, like, do you want to tip me 10, 15, or 20%? And oh, yeah, just like right putting, in front of them. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm not afraid rude. to go zero. zero. Right <laughs> I only know if you're paying with your card, the cool thing to do is hit that zero button and then put cash in the tip jar if you have cash. Stiff sometimes a barista if they're just giving me the coffee. Wait, do I brag about that? Yes, you do. <laughs> we told you to shut up. Judge Janine is one tough cookie, but here's a surefire way to make her heart crumble. Box wine. If you say box wine, I'll laugh. Everybody knows that nothing comes between me and my chocolate. The Judge Janine dark chocolate apples. And every time I think of a peppermint patty, I have a sensation of a cool breeze blowing through my hair and across my long white dress. Mm. <laughs> Loves that dark chocolate. And the key to win Geraldo's heart is Geraldo. <laughs> Geraldo's Geraldo news with Geraldo. Geraldo's Geraldo news with Geraldo. Geraldo's Geraldo news with uh, Geraldo. Geraldo's Geraldo news with Geraldo. Geraldo's Geraldo news with Geraldo. We so I get guess, it. We get it. So that's the way into all of our hearts. That was aggressively unfunny, but pretty pretty surprising actually that he didn't like try to just do a racism on Geraldo right there. I was I was like, oh, this is going to be racist, isn't it? And no, he was going to be like. I, 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 tacos, but no, no. And we should be glad. We'll take the small victory there where we can get it because he didn't do that. Anyway, it's a little early in the show for Matt Walsh, but next on our list is Matt Walsh. Um, <clears throat> what he's about to say here is absolutely uh, fucking disgusting. This is his heartfelt message to Dylan Mulvaney. Just fucking absolutely disgusting shit right here. Dylan if that is the most attractive you will ever look, then I don't even want to imagine what you'll look like when you're at your ugliest. What? You do not pass as, a, as an attractive woman or as a woman at all. Uh, even with 50 pounds of makeup and plastic surgery and clever lighting tricks, even then you still cannot escape what you really are and what you will always be. You have successfully shed whatever parts of you were masculine, perhaps, at least on the surface. Nobody would ever describe you as masculine or manly, so you've got that going. But your femininity quotient has not increased at a That is a feminine looking, but not even, <clears throat> that doesn't even matter. Like whether or not I think that person looks feminine doesn't even matter. Like what if you, what if you just decided not to be an asshole? commensurate with the loss of your masculinity. Um, you may not be masculine, but you also aren't feminine. Instead, you are you are weird and artificial. You are manufactured and lifeless. You are unearthly and eerie. You are. This is disgusting. This is ab fucking textbook dehumanization. Unearthly, like some kind of human deep fake. That's what you are. You are a man deprived of all the best qualities of men, but without any of the best qualities of women. Even your personality is contrived. Everything about you is fake. Nothing about you rings true. Nobody buys the act. You'll never be accepted as a woman by anyone. Never by anyone. Even the people who pretend... I accept Dylan Mulvaney as a woman. 
to accept you as a woman are only pretending actually pretty easy of being lectured if they don't or because they want to use you as a platform to virtue signal but everyone who i'll virtue signal dylan mulvaney is a woman and it's none of my fucking business anyway there we go none of my business don't even know dylan mulvaney dylan mulvaney's like i'm a woman i'm like okay that's that's good for, good with me what if i even disagreed then what i don't but what, what would it fucking matter if i disagreed none of my fucking business who looks at you will see something pitiable and bizarre, something utterly unfeminine in every way. You will never be able to actually have the identity that you're trying to appropriate, nor will you ever be able to fully escape the identity that you're fleeing. The best you can hope for is some kind of limbo, the worst of all worlds. And yet, even in that limbo state, you will still be a man. Just not one that any of us can respect or take seriously. But other than that, Chan, oh, you're doing great. Oh, dude. Like, <clears throat> I don't even know exactly who that is that he's talking about. I suppose it's someone famous or prominent or, you know, has at least a bigger following than I do. Although Matt Walsh, uh, you know, went after Justin Freakin' once for fuck's sake. So maybe this person doesn't have a big following. But <clears throat> it's just cruel. What he just did there, it's just fucking, just straight up cruelty. Because he knows that his followers, who maybe don't know who Dylan Mulvaney is, now they're going to find out, aren't they? Now now his fucking weirdo fucking followers, some of whom are potential domestic terrorists, are going to look into everything about Dylan Mulvaney. This person is going to be subject to online harassment, and as we've seen in the past, possibly subject to real-world harassment. Not that online harassment isn't real, but things take a, the temperature gets turned up when it stops just being online. When people start showing up at your house, people start writing you letters. When somebody writes you a letter, they're telling you, I know where you live. And so <clears throat> that's, it's just cruel. There's no, there's no political point that's been made there. There's nothing intellectual stimulating. It's just cruelty. That's all. And that's the point of a lot of this is just cruelty. And with more gross behavior, there's two people on uh, Newsmax. They're going to go date, debate, deport. And anyway. Game and it's getting a lot of attention. It's called date, debate, deport. So we put three names up there, and you have to choose which one you would date, which one you would debate, which one you would deport. All right, and hold on here. i got to get psyched uh, up. All right? This is cold. This is okay, cold, ready? right? And I've okay. heard about this. Yep. A lot of buzz about cold. this game. What do I win, by the and way? You I don't hope know, I win something. And you, don't, and you might win something. We'll, uh, uh, parting gifts on the way out. <laughs> um, we don't know who they are, but we're going to throw them up here right now. Ready? So the date, debate, deport choices are Rihanna. AOC and JLo, three of the people who were in commercials or performing. Wait, JLo, JLo, where the fuck is JLo? Like, where the fuck has JLo even been for the last 10 years? Not that that's, not that, that really changes this. This is gross. These, these are three Latino women. Like, that's the point, is these are three Latino women, right? This is, oh. At the, at the Super Bowl last night. 
Fascinating options, by the way. Fascinating. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. If I got to go with date, debate, deport, de mm -hmm. deportation definitely goes to AOC. Okay. Debate. Now, here's something I got to tell you about. I've actually met J-Lo before. And I think dating is out of the question. I, I, I sense no chemistry. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, Self-awareness is, is there. Uh, I sense no war. You know, I mean, she wasn't interested. I was single back then. I mean, that, so that's so I guess I'd have to find some issue to debate about with her. And that leaves Rihanna. Now, um, you know, what? if I were, I mean, look, let's face it. She's wild. She's too wild. She's too wild. I can't do it. I can't. Well, maybe I. All right. Date. I. You're putting me in a very awkward position. My wife watches your show, you know, but. You should have told him that his game is fucked up and you're not going to play it. Like, that's what any normal person would do, right? Like, even not necessarily like a liberal or a leftist. You just put, like, David Frum on there, like a like this conservative guy. who's a big, kind of big piece of shit. They try to get David Frum to play this game. He'd be like, I'm not playing your fucking, fuck your game. But um, yeah, but that, but but this is a, this is a this is a, a hall pass zone. So this is just <laughs> for discussion and conjecture. We already know. Well, so he would date date Rihanna, debate J Lo, and deport fucking AOC. That's what he said. He already we already know his answer. Are you not paying attention to your guest? Some Ford interesting AOC. ideas. She has some interesting ideas, uh -huh. as you know. And uh, I would have to put her in the. Well, you, you, she's not the kind of girl you date. You you kind of. Uh, I, I really should not say anything else. <laughs> right, right. All right, we'll leave it that. We'll let you. That was gross. That was absolutely gross. Wouldn't one of these people. <clears throat> I'm going to try to be careful here. If they were going to debate either of those three, wouldn't they want to debate the political person? Let's just say which one of these three people would you like to debate? We'll leave the date and deport off, right? Because you can't date or deport any of those people they're not going to be interested in you so what if it was just which one of these people as a conservative would you want to debate wouldn't you think that they'd want to debate the politico the person who holds an elected office and disagrees with them on policy and i just want to get rid of aoc right but basically by all means necessary so up next we have a cute story which at this point we need because this is uh this, this is not great so far not a great story list so far. There's a robot on the lamb. Missed it. We have the video. And in case you missed it, we have the video of an escaped robot in Pennsylvania. You know, Marty, the googly-eyed robotic assistant inside the giant stores. Well, earlier this week, Marty rolled out of a store in Hellertown. And through the parking lot, employees led Marty back inside saying he was taking a fresh air break. The video has half a million views on Facebook. <laughs> Marty needed a break. He did. You know. I bet those people put the fucking put the fucking uh, robot outside themselves, but that's still a cute story. And we we needed that. I think we we needed that. That's what I think. I think we needed that already. So we got a <clears throat> up next. We got a a triple shot of Marjorie the Gathering. We got a Marjorie the Gathering. She's an expert on whales and also on infrastructure. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know why AOC isn't dressed in white and crying for the dead whales that keep washing on the beach um, from wind farms that are being placed all over the ocean. 
wouldn't it be like geothermal or something that would have the like the fucking or those those fucking they have like 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 tidal like things that use the tides to turn turbines to make electricity. I forget what that's called. <laughs> well, let's start this over. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know why AOC isn't dressed in white and crying for the dead whales that keep. Okay, walking. you dress it, dress in white at your wedding. Which, I don't know. Why would you even wear white? It stains easily. You dress in black at the funeral. Washing on the beach um, from wind farms that are being placed all over the ocean. And people are calling the alarms over how this is not only killing unknown thousands of bird species, but also causing whales to beach themselves at record numbers. But the real problem, Sean, is Pete Buttigieg. He's the Secretary of Transportation, and he's more interested in equity and inclusion in his hiring practices and grant-giving uh, schemes and, and obviously probably chest-feeding or something like that. This is like a poor showing from Marjorie the Gathering. <clears throat> And he is rail safety. And that's where we have real danger in our country. You see, Pete Buttigieg was never qualified for the job. And I believe we need to haul him in in our committees and start questioning him over what's actually happening in his department. Because train derailment is happening every single day. And now thousands of people, uh, birds, animals, they're all sick. And we don't know the consequences of this horrible accident in East Palestine. But we have people like Ilhan Omar. She wants to, you know, crack down on corporate greed when it comes to rails and the privately owned sections of rails. But really what we have to do is we have to make sure that our rails are safe. Democrats passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill and only $5 billion went towards rail safety. This is a failure. It would have never happened under a Republican-controlled infrastructure bill. What the fuck? Five billion for rail safety. That's that's probably like earmarked for specific things about safety. There there are other things that make the rails safe, other than what you might call like rail safety in a bill. Like we don't know, and these are these trains and the rails. I'd be willing to bet are not owned by the government. Probably Union Pacific, right? It's probably Union Pacific. So, um, oh, Norfolk Southern, sorry. Yeah, there's only a couple, there's only a couple big rail companies left. I was going to, I was either going to get it right or I was going to get it wrong, but the odds weren't too bad. So I imagine that she thinks the government should get out of the way so that these rail companies that have presided over all of the derailments actually can, uh, that fuck I don't, now I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know the end of the sentence. Anyway, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has once again challenged AOC to a debate. Unlike the people on Newsmax, she's like, "Well, I would like to debate the the politician." <clears throat> AOC's response the last time she did this was, "She said, are you running against me next time?'" <laughs> I was like, "That's a great response. Good job, AOC. That's the right answer." Anyway, here's uh, Marjorie the Gathering on a Fox begging for AOC to debate her. Instead of, of allowing American companies to be able to mine it Can right here at home or just, yeah. 
Oh, I don't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. When you see when you run into AOC in the halls of Congress or on the floor of the House, do you ever speak to people that have these views? Do you ever have these discussions in person? Uh, I've tried, Sean. I actually challenged AOC to debates multiple times, and she has refused to debate me. And I you're not running against her. Debate her on the Green New Deal. I wanted to challenge her as a successful. Wait, you are on the you are in the House of Representatives, the same as AOC is. You debate bills on the House floor. What does she think is supposed to happen there? You don't get like a stage in a moderator where it's just you and AOC, but you're going to vote differently than her. And you're both going to make comments on the bills that are going to come up. And so that's you're part of the debate process for the bills with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So I don't know even what you're talking about, lady. A owner and an American taxpayer on her ideas that will completely change the way our country functions, not only with energy, but but in our entire economy. But AOC couldn't do it. You want to know why? She's chicken and she isn't brave enough to defend those ideas because they're not her own. They came out of a think tank and she just put her name on them. Uh, and I'm willing to sponsor that debate and just sit back and watch the show because that would be an interesting hour. Uh, Congresswoman. I'm so happy to tell you that yesterday on the House floor, I happened to finally bump into AOC and I challenged her to a debate about the Green New Deal. You see, I'm a small business owner that has created jobs. I've signed the back of many paychecks. I've also... You don't sign the... No, no, no. That's when you, ca that's when you deposit the paycheck. When you sign the paycheck, you sign the front if you were the issuer of the paycheck. Built the economy. As a job creator, a business owner, we actually build the economy. Let me tell you what AOC has never done. She's never created one job. She has not built the economy. She's only in the business of trying to tear it down. And that's exactly what I told her when I spoke with her yesterday on the House floor. We're going to debate. I told her, she, said, she asked me if I had read her 14-page Green New Deal. I said, I've read some of it. And she said, well... Well, it's 14 pages. You can't expect somebody to read all 14 pages of the fucking thing. Oh, when you read all of it, then you can challenge me to a debate. Well, the good news is I've read all 14 little pages and I'm very... They're little pages now? ...on the House floor. So this is what we're going to be doing. The date hasn't been set, but when it is set, I will let you know. And she better show up. If she chickens out, then she shows exactly who she really is. A scared little girl that is pretty stupid and doesn't know anything. Well, apparently... <laughs> God, this is a real fucking person. <coughs> I just see people in other countries comparing about their complaining about their conservative parties and sure, like their conservative parties in other countries are like doing dumb stuff or whatever. But I'm like, you know, do you have an AOC? Is there an AOC in your country? Here's one more AOC or I'm sorry, one more MTG, not AOC. Excuse me. I say AOC before. Anyway, do you have Marjorie Taylor Greene in your country? If you don't, like, maybe maybe have a seat while the Americans complain about our conservative party. Here's uh, Marjorie the Gathering talking about race differences. Yikes. We'll continue on. Um, he's, he says, likewise, despite centuries of exclusion and robust evidence of continuing racism, minority underemployment is often couched in the language of bad choices and personal responsibility. I got to tell you, 
anybody's unemployment has to do with bad choices and personal responsibility. And again, that does not have a skin color. I know a ton of white people that are as lazy and sorry and and probably worse than black people I know. And I would hire them because they're lazy and they're sorry and they're pathetic. And that has everything to do with their bad choices and their personal responsibility. That is not a skin color issue either. That's a people issue. Well, you the way you just framed it, actually, you, you, made, it, you made it even more of a skin color issue than it was at the beginning. Like, more of a skin color issue by the end of what you were saying than at the beginning of what you were saying, right? My God. Don't worry, we got Greg Gutfeld next. Going to talk about construction work and race, which ought to be, this ought to be pretty fucking enlightening, right? A train derails or a plane crashes, but they worry about the white construction worker offending somebody who doesn't exist. I don't believe a single person has ever expressed a problem about a construction worker's skin color, unless it was another skin, another construction worker. And 12 days later, an iconic moment in St. Louis history. Well, this is their method of calling attention to the fact that they want jobs. Two civil rights activists climbed 125 feet of a construction ladder of the half-built Gateway Arch. This hit-and-miss proposition is no good. That's the words that Mr. Green used. Percy Green and Richard Daly, members of Corps, demanded more jobs for black workers at the site. So, I see you're out here protesting today, and I also understand correct. that you are a journeyman. That's correct. Uh-huh. And are you working now? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of this site before Mr. Gottner brought it to our attention? Yes, I did see it coming up out of the ground. Uh-huh. And when you came by, you didn't see any blacks working? No. And what did you think? Well, it's typical of uh, the... Uh, trade atmosphere in the city of Chicago where we're African-American journeymen are the last hired first fire we all know systematic racism affects job opportunities for black and brown people in America a recurring problem is when jobs are brought to black communities and those jobs aren't given to black people who live in that community a new housing project is currently being built on Crenshaw and it features no black people employed by the contractors building the project Social activist and journalist Slauson Girl would point out this observation via a social media post while questioning why there were no people from the community involved. In a video shared on her Instagram, Slauson Girl is seen asking a man who would later identify himself as the superintendent of a construction site. And why are you in a predominantly black community then doing that? Well, I'll tell you what, yes. I don't, I'm not recommended by my company to hire anybody at all. I don't hire anybody. These decoding Fox News videos are getting better and better and better and better. So we're going to stay on topic here, stay on the same general, uh, I would call it a point, but whatever. Here's two videos of Tucker Carlson uh, with him talking about the war on whites. We do know that running all of this, which is the largest racial tracking bureaucracy since the fall of Nazi Germany, will be former President Barack Obama. And he'll be doing that, as always, through his longtime lackey and cutout, Susan Rice. Rice's goal, the goal of the entire initiative, is to place the federal government, all of it, in opposition to a very specific slice of the American population, not a foreign population, our own population. Here's how it works. Every single person in the United States will qualify for one of Joe Biden's many protected categories, except straight white men. 
So we're all in this together, except those guys who are on the outs, it's all of us versus them. Straight white men, they will not be protected because they are, by virtue of being straight and white and male, the cause of the problem. They're the enemy. So this is a big change. It's got enormous consequences. Among other things, it makes you wonder, why would straight white men continue to pay their taxes? And by the way, what- Because the government comes and gets you otherwise. These are paid by straight white men. That's one statistic you never hear. Why is that? But if you're one of them, you may wonder, wait, I'm working half the year for the government, which takes my money and then uses it to demonize me and disenfranchise me from a government I thought I was an equal owner of. I thought we were all in this together. We're all citizens. But I still- Yeah, but he's like, <clears throat> he's like peddling this idea. It, for even for what he's saying to be even slightly true, the, the majority of straight white men would have to like agree with what he's saying. And I think like uh, straight white men do are, are the ones who elect uh, Republican, uh, Republican representatives or Republican politicians, but they don't necessarily agree with everything that comes out of Tuck Tuck's mouth and not for nothing. He's also taking away the agency of Susan Rice saying that she's just, you know, she just does things for Barack Obama. Barack Obama's really pulling the strings. Barack Obama's retired. Get the fuck out of here. You think Barack Obama wants anything to do with politics after fucking everything that happened? My God. Not for nothing. Also, we haven't talked much about the classified documents. You know who ain't got no classified documents? Fucking Barack Obama. They didn't so much as take a fucking pen with them when they left the White House. My God. So uh, we're going to move on here. This is the five versus the view. Uh, nobody really to root for here, um, but <clears throat> it's going to be aggressively unfunny, whatever it is, because it's the five. I don't know. It's it's a dodge because we want to talk about policy, but Democrats never want to talk about policy. They just want to talk about identity. And it's such a cop out. And the Republican Party is dying to talk about policy. The board. But your policies, most of the policy we're seeing come out of the the, the conservative legislators, uh, especially on the state and local level, have to do with the identity of people. It has to do with the identity of queer people, a lot of it these days. All these bills targeting uh, trans people, these bills targeting uh, queer studies in school, that's identity politics too, buddy. Don't get that shit twisted transgender bathroom policy inflation whatever it is but you can't have a conversation if every time you say something they say you're a bigot are they well, no you can you just keep talking the color of your skin mm -hmm. it's just so annoying with these people and they think they have the moral high ground yeah. when they play the race card but they actually don't and you're listening to a woman of color who's a millionaire, who changed her name to sound Jewish and dates white guys, talk about how Wait, racist what? America is. How is he that even, is it racist? Or if, if it is racist, would be, give us some advice on how to become a millionaire celebrity uh, as a woman of color. That would be helpful. You know, Greg, 59% of the uh, black vote in South Carolina is Republican. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Scott may enter the race. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how that breaks down vis-a-vis -vis Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. Is he black or white? Yeah, we don't know uh, I don't know. I think, you know, you want a picture? I, yeah, I think yeah, I think I need a picture. I love that you can't tell the difference. Does that mean that Tim's not black enough or Rick's not it's white enough? What, you know, what the fuck? Them was Jewish. Then she'd know who to blame. Yeah. You know, I, I whoa, dude.
Yo. This is, so far, this hasn't been great this week. Sorry, everybody on the podcast. Sorry, everybody watching the live show. This has been... Been what it's been. So here's the clip from uh, Steve Douchey uh, on Fox and Friends. This is the clip I thought I was playing earlier, actually, where uh, he accidentally tells the truth about railroad deregulation. It's not because he's smart. It's because he's an idiot and doesn't know what his job is, I think. I think he's just like hella dumb and just kind of forgets what his job is over there at Fox News every once in a while. He's like, well, wait a minute. This is what's going on. And they're like, don't do that. Right. Uh, uh, speaking of the White Good House, uh, apparently regulations regarding train safety were changed during the Trump administration. Uh, this particular railroad and others lobbied President Trump to dismantle an Obama era rule that would have required railroads to update their braking systems. And uh, apparently the Obama administration had pushed for it to govern transportation of hazardous materials after about half a million uh, barrels of crude were dumped. Uh, but ultimately, the Trump administration undid that and said the costs exceeded the benefits. Nobody understands. And uh, yeah, nobody understands. Oh, man, it's a good thing Steve, Steve Douchey basically has tenure there at Fox because uh, that's, that's a good way to get yourself fired over there. <clears throat> he couldn't even blame Biden for it. He's like, oh, no, these were uh, removed under Trump. They're all for deregulation, though. Maybe he was trying to say that it was good that Trump did the deregulate. I don't even know. Steve Ducey is seriously fucking stupid. So there's any number of things could have been going through his head or maybe any number of nothings could have been going through his head when he said that. Um, <clears throat> so we usually don't play clips from uh, people we agree with or think are have a decent point. But uh, this is Oliver Darcy. He's on the CNN and he's going to talk about the Dominion legal filing. <laughs> and it looks not looking so great for Fox News. Let me tell you. Officials are watching to see what Fox was saying about uh, the election. I think these messages really just expose Fox News as a propaganda network. That's what they do at the core. I mean, they show in excruciating detail that the highest ranking executives at Fox News, uh, Rupert Murdoch, Suzanne Scott, the CEO, as well as some of the top hosts, like you just mentioned, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, they knew, they privately knew these election claim frauds, uh, fraud claims from the, the Trump team were nonsense. They used very harsh language to describe them, but they allowed these lies to take hold on the network's air. And they show, these messages show that the, um, the, the talent over at Fox News and the executives were very worried after the election of the audience rebelling, that they were going to Newsmax. You'll remember that Donald Trump was attacking Fox News, saying, turn the channel, go to this, this Newsmax channel, which is saturating the airwaves with election denialism. They were worried about this. And not only did they turn a blind eye to the election lies, but they even, in some cases, tried cracking down on those who were fact-checking Trump. Um, there's one case where White House correspondent Jackie Heinrich, she fact-checked Trump and Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity behind the scenes were talking about getting her fired. That's, that's how um, lacking of basic journalistic ethics uh, were at place at Fox News. And these messages really expose it. Yeah. And, and so libel, <clears throat> libel, defamation and slander in the U.S. <clears throat> are pretty tough hills to climb. And one of the main reasons that they're tough hills to climb is that you have to prove that the people knew they were lying. <clears throat> well, Looks like uh, they don't have to prove that anymore. (laughs) 
unless they're just lying right here on CNN about the content of the emails that were, you know, in the, in the filing or whatever, but I don't, I don't think they are. And it seems pretty reasonable that behind the scenes at Fox, they'd be like, well, we know this is bullshit, but we have to, we have to like do some, we have to do some discussion of this. We have to say that we don't know what was going on over there at Dominion or Smartmatic or whatever, because otherwise we're going to lose the audience who we've previously been lying to about a whole host of other issues for the last 25 years. And so, you know, I mean, it, it must be really difficult on those people over there, you know, having to, having to just decide to keep lying and keep lying and keep lying and keep lying and keep lying. <clears throat> Up next this is also from Newsmax. Apparently the uh, Valentine's day decorations at the white house were, they were just too tolerant. Uh, <laughs> that's quite a, uh, a celebration of Valentine's that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, tell us about when you saw it, what you thought and what, what do you make of all this? Greg, it just struck me as a, a concerted effort on the part of the First Lady's office and the White House communications team to celebrate um, Valentine's Day in a way that has nothing to do with the core of, of the holiday itself. It is, as you said, a romance um, to tell us to celebrate... Reaching out with, uh, with open hearts and helping hands this Valentine's Day. That's like a kind of generic message. Valentine's Day with open hearts. That seemed to me to be some kind of coded call to tolerance, perhaps, which <laughs> is a noble sentiment, but not fitting for Valentine's Day. In fact, our hearts on Valentine's Day are t supposed to be closed to all but the one we love. Uh, and also, um, there was a, a reference to helping hands, perhaps some sort of coded call to community service of some kind. <laughs> Wouldn't wouldn't want to wouldn't want people to volunteer in their community or fucking be nice to each other on Valentine's Day. My God, I'm not quite sure what helping hands would mean in the strict sense of Valentine's Day that we all know <laughs> it to be, which is about romance. So it just struck me as quizzical and and perhaps in some vague way political. Yeah, <laughs> some vague way. That was just a fucking it's the most the most milk toast fucking message you could ever come up with on Valentine's Day. Open hearts and helping hands. Wishing you the best this Valentine's Day. That doesn't, it's completely empty. It's just a fucking platitude on a plaque. It's meaningless. And this guy's hella mad. Hella mad. So, uh, looks like, looks like somebody's done us a huge favor. And, uh, oh, Tucker Carlson Originals has done us a huge favor. They, they've compiled us a list of comedians. Who aren't very funny and whose show you should never go to. That was the most racist joke ever. Comedy is the hallmark of a free society. <laughs> Wokeness basically wants to make comedy illegal. Listen, any offensive Wait. comedian, we're just trying to make people laugh. There is a fear of getting canceled. Nobody can speak their mind. Oh, wow. The one thing that people currently in power can't stand is being made fun of. And so then you have to play by their rules. You're not going to be able to say certain things on YouTube. You're not going to be able to say certain things on iTunes. Is that comedy? Boy, this what a disaster this is right now. It is now. I'm not giving a TED talk. My job is to be funny on stage. Comedy is supposed to show where the establishment narrative is wrong. And then one girl goes, we think you're not entitled to be making some of the jokes you're making. This 
is the current state of comedy. Tucker Carlson Originals, The Death of Comedy, streaming Wednesday on Fox Nation. Sign up at foxnation.com. Don't sign up at foxnation.com. You got the idea from that fucking video. Comedy is dying because people don't want to hear your racist shit anymore. Like, that's the thing. I don't want to spend too much time on this, um, but just because you told a joke, it's not incumbent upon anybody else to like your joke, to think you're funny, or to n- just to be nice to you or to respect you. Like, it's not it's not my job to like a comedian. It's not your job to like a comedian. If you think somebody's funny, you think they're funny. And if you don't think they're funny, you don't think they're funny. And that's just the, that's the fucking breaks, baby. There's no, there's no, there's no requirement that you like what a comedian does. Uh, the slapstick was actually the funniest part. <laughs> we should bring back slapstick comedy. Everybody just smacking each other and throwing pies in each other's faces and shit. I feel like that would do pretty well. Not like America's Funniest Home Video shit where you're actually watching someone's child get injured. That was, that shit was kind of sick. But I mean, like, we should bring back slapstick comedy. <laughs> how, do you, how do you cancel slapstick comedy? A pie to the face is funny no matter what. Anyway, funny for a different reason is going to be Marjorie the Gathering on Triggered with Donald Trump Jr. Then January 6th happened. It shocked me. I had no idea. I just couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I was arguing with, with Kat Kamek who, uh, one of my, one of my colleagues and we were fighting and I said, those aren't our people. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, those aren't our people. That's the Antifa. Those are the same rioters that we see in, you know, 2020. Wait, what? No, those people were, yo, that's not true. Like we watched that shit on this channel. Those people were all going to go to the early bird special at Applebee's after the fucking event. Those, those people, the, 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 the demographic was, uh, older believe it and she was like they are our people i said no they're not and she's like they have on red hats and i said i don't care so (laughs) she's like i don't don't care what the facts are like we knew exactly who to look for on january 6th right like i knew whose streams to watch because i they were talking about going here's more of marjorie the gathering on fucking don jr's fucking show my god like why never mind why is the the dumbest question having a hard enough time here with who what and where like nope i'll debate hunter biden like let's let's make this happen i'll that have him come be, on the show we can talk about any of these things but there are be so who great. do you are to think that you could debate this guy's like i'm here if i'm so stupid yeah you should do it we because should have it's a, it's a grand a slam series. right like we should have a debate series we should have a debate series you debate hunter i'll debate aoc yeah. um why Hunter Biden is there's a non-zero chance that Hunter Biden doesn't even really know about Donald Trump Jr. Right. There's like, like, why would, why are you challenging? Why are all these people challenging people to debates who are never going to talk to them? Anyway, here's Marjorie Taylor Greene discussing the Jewish space laser controversy with Don Jr. Oh, man. Blue, what that was, turned out some reporter had written an article about a post I had made back in 2018, and he titled it Jewish Space Lasers. Yeah. 
That's how I got labeled with it. But I never have never. You never even said the words, let alone. Like, I never like, said. No. Well, and so what. So <clears throat> I know what she's talking about. She's talking about during, I think it was, oh, which fire was it? God, there's so many, so many big wildfires in California now. There were conspiracy theorists saying that the trees were lit on fire by directed energy weapons. I guess essentially fucking lasers. And um, then and sh- then she was saying she like added to it that I guess the Rothschilds own them, and that's like a fucking it's a fucking dog whistle about Jewish people. This this isn't this isn't that hard to fucking put together here. But it was, I never was, even said Jewish. Well, correct. Never said Jewish. What it was was about. There were California wildfires, and I guess you had read an article in like a scientific magazine talking about a scientific magazine. It was like the geoengineeringwatch.org site, or it was like a fucking Dambadondi stream or something. A scientific magazine. Fuck out of here. Solar energy in space. Yes. Like, you know, literally like green energy. You'd think they'd be all about promoting this, but harnessing it in space. And they could actually beam it down to, I guess, a receptacle, a receiver yep. on the U.S. that would save you having to build all these ridiculous solar panels on, you know, sure. on, on the ground that look like shit and are all amazing. made in China. Yeah. So it was actually about real. So if you put them in space, they're not made in China anymore. Technology, and you say, well, if if that concentrated energy, say, missed this thing and and hit the woods in California, and this right. is while like half of the West was burning down, you know, yes. the tinderboxes because. They also won't let you manage forests, and they'll let the timber stand there. They won't let you manage the forest? Another one, but that's a good one. Yeah, but so that was... That's all I was saying. That's literally all you said. And so you never said Jewish space lasers. You never even said lasers. You're just trying to articulate what this technology is. And if there was something wrong with early technology, Mm -hmm. could it have perhaps caused this, or could it cause this in the future? So you're literally there asking a question, and it got turned into... Now, there are coincidences about perhaps... People who are on boards, but you probably didn't even understand those no. links at the time. No, I didn't. I didn't. The names I mentioned, I didn't know any about the people. I just knew their names. And well, I mean, why we talked about the governor, Jerry Brown of California. I talked about a few. He wasn't the governor. You other people, but I didn't know anything about their religion or anything like that. I was just making a post. And of course, in. Jerry Brown hasn't been the governor of California for quite some time. She was talking about the directed energy weapon conspiracy theory, which was spreading like, uh, I'm sorry, like, like wildfire during, and I think people in the chat are right, I think this was during the Paradise Fire, that because it appeared like the trees were burning from the inside out, that they were there was a fucking space laser or some kind of directed energy weapon, like probably a light energy weapon, probably a laser from space lighting the trees on fire. That was the conspiracy theory. We were, I would say covering it, but that's not, we were making a lot of fun of the people who were saying that. Um, and she said that it was the Rothschilds and we, I mean, it's not a, it's, I was going to say it's not even a big leap. It's it's like barely a step away from that. Like it's like a um, like a baby step from that to Jewish space laser. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, there's one more. Um she was a bartender and I really respect bartenders. They work very very hard. I did it myself. Yeah. I did it myself. I moved to Colorado after I graduated from the Wharton School of Finance right. to get some stuff out of my system. And I worked at it. But that was an amazing conversation with my father, by the way. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, your dad? Oh, he's oh, like, brutal. wait, what are you doing? You know, yeah, it, was, it was like, wait a minute, like, you went to work, like, when are you starting to work? It's like, well, I'm driving at one. So I was cut off. The only thing that they didn't cut off because they forgot was my gas card. So I had a car and a gas card. And so I'm the. And guy. you had a job as a bartender, a, a, I, which I don't believe, actually. Lived off gas station sushi for like a year. So, like, it's you know, not so bad, it everybody. Be worse, you know? Wait, no, the, is he just saying they didn't pay him to 10 bar then? I do, but yeah, so, <laughs> so, so I get it, but it's like, it also, you know, that aspect of it didn't qualify me to make trillion dollar decisions or to get up on a stage and be no. lauded by the media as, you know, a great financial thought leader like they do with AOC when it's clear she doesn't even understand what they're talking about. Do they, does, is, is she lauded as a great financial thought leader? You know what qualifies her to have a, uh, a vote in the, the House of Representatives, uh, Cocaine Dawn? She won her election in her district. That's what qualifies her to do that. Um, I think fucking the same, it's the same thing that qualifies Marjorie Taylor Greene to go there and make decisions or whatever. You know, I don't know. Not, so, not such a big fan of this system now that I think about it. <laughs> So we got one more Don Jr., but it's without Marjorie the Gathering. Um, it's about aliens. Because, of course, it's about aliens. ...competence. Definitely the person you want in charge when dealing with foreign objects of unknown propulsion systems uh, like an alien invasion. He will do great, guys. <laughs> Donald Trump is ready for the fucking for the fucking alien event. Get the fuck out of here. I fucking can't. I don't know. Can, can we just can we just end the show? This is fucking ridiculous. And we're probably dead. But again, asked if he's ruled out aliens, a top US general says he hasn't ruled out anything. So we haven't ruled out anything. We haven't ruled out aliens. Um, it may be China. They may have stolen technology of ours and made it better, which wouldn't surprise anyone since we do nothing to protect our own IP against China. They violate it all the time. It's literally probably trillions of dollars that they've stolen. They Like he's them. right there, but like, what are you going to do? You send over the IP and then they make the thing and send it back to you. What are they going to do? Not notice what they're making? Thing ...and make it their own or they make it better, but they don't spend any of the R&D, research and development billions that we put in there. They just steal it, make it their own like it's theirs. And uh, we sit there and say, this is wonderful. So maybe it's China. They're probably way ahead of us in some of, the things of what they've been able to stall. But this guy hasn't ruled out aliens. That is where we are, folks. So... Good luck, and if the aliens come, um, I'm sure Joe will botch that like he has everything else. Have a good one. Yo, like, <clears throat> if the aliens come, if they have, like, the whatever kind of technology they would need to get here from, like, Zarkon 9 or wherever the fuck they came from, or from that planet from the, the L. Ron Hubbard story about uh, Xenu, uh, we better do what they say. I'm not big on authoritarianism, but, you know, I'm I'm big on, like, self-preservation, and uh, we better do what they say if they show up here. Actually, we got one more Don Jr. It's, uh, trains, China, sabotage, balloons, war, and I didn't put it on the docket, but also cocaine. Here's the Don Jr. clip. 
one would have the balls to ask the question, I don't know, do you think maybe this is a foreign government retaliating, say for what seems to be like America's act of war in taking out the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, if in fact that was true? Do we think that uh, literally within days of that happening, all of a sudden there's all these derailments, all these toxic spills, whether it's Detroit, I guess that was today, uh, whether that was Ohio, whether They're, the Russians are derailing the trains. I thought we. I thought you liked the Russians. What the fuck ever. So, uh, things aren't really getting much better here. In uh, news of people who need to go away, uh, here's a clip of Andrew Yang on. I don't even know what this thing is. Um, what is this guy? Oh, on Fox Los Angeles. But what do you make of, of Biden 2024? Is he too old to be doing this? Uh, I think that Joe should step aside and allow the, there to be a competitive process to determine who the, the nominee is going to be. You're not going to see that in the Democratic Party because there are too many people who are conformists and careerists where they say, look, I might think Joe's too old, but let me just wait for four years. Unfortunately, the country doesn't have that luxury. I think the Democrats are going to step aside for Joe, and I think it's a mistake. And you think that he puts is putting at risk of losing to Trump in the process or I think that uh, you can do much better than an 82 year old Joe Biden as your nominee in 2024. Most Americans see that it's common sense, but you're not going to hear that from the Democratic leadership because they've been told, look, it, it's Joe just, uh, you know, like, fr frankly, keep your true thoughts to yourself, because we all know the American people know that it's deeply unwise to propose an octogenarian as your party's nominee in 2024. Is there anybody on the Democratic side, including you, that might challenge him? Oh, he's like, no, actually, I have this grift. Thanks for bringing that up, actually. Um, he's like. Uh, we, do you know about the forward party? Did you know that uh, Gay Dave over there at Echoplex Media has more Twitter followers than the entire forward party in California does? Have you heard of the forward party? Before that, I was doing an NFT scam, but let's not talk about that. Oh, I, I think you're going to see at least one challenger. Uh, you know, like people do reach out to me and, and say, hey, look, <laughs> but uh, but I'll, I'll say there are a whole host of people that should be challenging Joe. Uh, if any of them are seeing this message, look, do the right thing for the country, not your party necessarily. And I think this is actually a much better move for the Democratic Party. I think what Joe is doing is bad for the Democratic Party, but it shows where we are as a country, where politicians 10 times out of 10 will put party over country, and that is not what we need. Forward is about trying to reverse that and putting country over party. Forward is about making sure that Andrew Yang can still get on TV. I think the Democrats have quite a few attractive candidates. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer is someone, I think, who really could stand up um, and represent the country well. But I think we're going to see it's going to be Joe Biden. And I, I really like what he's done in this. I'm glad he is the president at the moment. But uh, I agree that toll that being the president takes on you. And when you get to they're perfectly competent 80 year olds, there's nothing wrong with that 90 year olds. And I just was a party with for a 100 year old who has all her marbles. But it, clearly the pressure of that office is such that it's difficult. It's difficult. So. I'm telling you, the forward party is just it. You just saw the reason the forward party exists. Andrew Yang wants to get on TV. He wants to be popular. 
he I don't think he's making any money on it. Um, you know, he's always on some kind of grift, but it's more about his ego than about money. I was reading that his net worth is less than $2 million. So he's not fucking raking in the cash on any of this stuff. It's something else that drives this guy. I, I think legitimately, I think he just wants to be on TV. I think that's all he cares about is getting on TV. Our next clip, you probably saw this, uh, this, the question that's going to be asked, this is a Senate bill, uh, one ninety nine. Um, it's an Arkansas bill. It's about trans rights. This fucking completely inappropriate question by, uh, one of the, one of the people at the judiciary committee here. Senator McKee, you're recognized. Are you telling us that you're unfamiliar with a large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon the people that have gone through these processes? I'm familiar with a large body of evidence that shows that Providing good affirming care saves lives. Are you saying that you're unaware of the large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon these people in these processes that have been gone through? Will, Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. You said that you're a trans woman. A trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? So there's two ways you go here. You tell this guy to go fuck himself. Or you invite him into you invite him to inspect it. I don't know which is the the fucking more baller move, but I bet some of the people in the audience who are like groaning about that and shit are fucking Republicans too, because that's. I'm I'm joking. Of course, you don't offer to show it to him. That's horrible. Yeah. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. You're the one that I never said anything about genitalia. Oh, it's yeah, everything you okay. tell you. I don't know audience, what my rights are audience, right now. Audience, if you want to stay in here. She's like, do I have the right to go up there and just smack this guy? I don't know what my rights but, are, but that question was highly inappropriate. To, you do not have to answer any question. If, you, if you're through, we'll dismiss you. Well, I'm not through with questions, but I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. That's highly inappropriate. Again, that I, you can say that, and, and that you're you're right. So, okay, I'm are a healthcare other, professional, a doctor. Please treat me as such. Next there, question, please. Are there any other questions? He's like, I'm a doctor, a healthcare professional. I'm here in that capacity. Oh, the other one would be like, how big's yours? <laughs> like, I don't know what you do. She handled it better than than I think anybody could have, honestly, because <clears throat> the desire immediately is to clap back, and she didn't do it. She's a fucking treasure. She's a fucking treasure. I'm glad that she is a physician in Arkansas. The state of Arkansas is much better for having her as a physician, although I am concerned for her as well. So, uh, I don't even know what channel this is from. But there's the, so there's, you know about this uh, conservative dating app. It's called The Right Stuff. It's the Peter Thiel dating app. Where uh, all the dudes on there are like, none of the women on here are real. There's all bots. Well, here's the CEO of that company talking about uh, dating and mating at the Home Depot. 
thinking about you because you know there's this this trend going around social media right now that women are flocking to these home improvement stores the home depots the lows of the world to find real men to find manly men uh, and they're not only looking on your app to find that special someone but you thought listen you know what I'm gonna go to one of these stores and see if I can find some of these women that are looking for men we've got a great clip of you doing that let's watch Okay, I found out girls are coming to Home Depot to meet a man, so I'm going to be... Yeah, but they're, that's the problem, is they're not trying to meet you there, dude. You're all day. Right, but you're in there acting like a clown, sir. This is just fantastic. I think you you nearly broke the internet there. So what's the verdict, John? Is is the better spot uh, Home Depot, is it, or is it the right stuff app for ladies to to find the man of their dreams? Unfortunately, now the better spot is online, and it is the right stuff. I spent a few hours at Home Depot. Uh, didn't meet my significant other. Uh, I think the organic ways now are just really hard. I think in general, it's kind of taboo to even approach people now, which. Actually, it's kind of sad to say, but... Uh, no, it's not. I, think if you're, if I mean, you're at the fucking... At the Home online, Depot, yeah. You go somewhere where you know that people are going to have the same values and beliefs as you, and you're off to a really good starting point. So it's all about context. No matter where you live, there are going to be... And unfortunately, if you don't drink, this makes it a little tougher, I guess. But there are going to be bars where it's like... This is like a kind of a cruisy bar, a singles bar. Um, if you happen to be gay or bisexual... You go to a gay bar and they're going to be, it's going to be a little bit cruisy. You know, there's going to be singles there, people looking to meet each other. And this is a situation where it is, in fact, appropriate to approach someone. The grocery store, sure, a lot of fucking meat cutes and movies and shit happen at the Safeway. But really, you're probably just creeping on somebody if you fuck start hitting on them at the Safeway, right? It's, this is all like context dependent. If somebody invites you to a dinner party and they're like, hey, you know, there's going to be a lot of single people at the dinner party, actually. Then, yeah, you're expected to approach and talk to strangers at a dinner party or a cocktail party. That's the point of bringing people who don't know each other together for a dinner or a cocktail party. But yeah, you don't hit on people at the fucking hardware store. You don't hit on people on the fucking bus, the train. You don't hit on the person sitting next to you or sitting in the booth next to you at the restaurant. Yeah, it's, it is inappropriate to go hit on people in most circumstances. That's why if you're single and you're looking to mingle and you don't want to do it online, you got to do a little checking and see What's the single scene like where I'm at? And this, I would say my cosmopolitan bias, my living in a city bias does come into play here. And it's harder for people who don't live in a city. But even in small towns, there are definitely bars where people go there to meet other people, to find dates or to hook up or whatever. You just gotta, you just gotta look around a little bit and figure out the fuck's going on. And, and know how to take a hint. My God. Anyway, we, uh, sometimes on Thursdays, we do this show, not sometimes, almost every Thursday, we do this show called the cults and the satanic panic. And we've done a lot of clips, a lot of content, long form content, actually of Bob Larson over the years. Um, I just assumed that because of how on in years he looked in the content we were watching from the eighties and nineties that he wasn't with us anymore. I was uh, surprised to find out that he is. And he's talking about Rihanna's halftime performance.
More than 100 million viewers saw singer Rihanna perform in last night's Super Bowl. The staging was stunning, the dance moves choreographed with unbelievable precision, but it was her baby bump that bothered me. I don't intend to judge her as a person nor the questionable moral choice she has made. She answers to God alone for being pregnant with her second illegitimate child. I was offended by the shamelessness of her performance while pregnant with a baby who doesn't have a father committed to holy matrimony. What if you went and fucked yourself, Bob Larson? Like, what if you just figured out how to go fuck yourself? That kid is going to have every opportunity because of Rihanna's money and connections. Every opportunity. That kid is going to have the best health care. She's getting the best pre, like, uh, she's getting the best health care herself during her pregnancy. That kid is going to have fucking everything. And being the kid of a famous person presents other challenges, I understand. But what if this guy were to just go fuck himself? I know that's how things go in the world today, but to shamelessly celebrate what the Bible calls sin in front of a watching world can't legitimize the matter. The Bible in Deuteronomy 23, 2 pronounces a serious curse on the offspring of such a liaison. If you've had an illegitimate child and regret it, let us pray with you to cancel that curse. Through prayer, Rihanna can break that curse. But to flagrantly celebrate sin is not an example our children need to see. Yo, she's just at work. That's the other fucked up part about that is, you know, that's her job, motherfucker. Her job, she is an entertainer. Her job is to entertain. That is her job. Women go to work pregnant all the time. And her job is to entertain, to dance, to sing, and to be the halftime show at the fucking Super Bowl. That's her job. She did a pretty good job. I watched it. Fucking rad. Fucking absolutely rad. Here's uh, Megan Kelly shitting on Rihanna's halftime performance. Well, and dance too. It would be nice if she would dance. People are like, oh, well, she was pregnant. Well, you can dance when you're pregnant. Why are we pretending that that's not a possibility? Like, it, of course, everybody was like, did she not lose her baby weight? Because she had a baby in May. She was nine months postpartum. Because you could tell she had a baby bump. And it was like, well, that's nine months is a little far to be looking like pregnant still. But and wait, it turns out she I thought is she pregnant. was pregnant. Didn't they she say is, that she but actually she didn't, is pregnant? Yes, but before she revealed that, like her spokesperson didn't come oh. out and say she's pregnant until after the performance. So everybody was looking at the but baby. This bump. is none of your this is all none of your fucking business. My God. Like fucking just let 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 her let her work. And my God, if she didn't work. Wor fucking get the fuck out of here. The choreography, the visual presentation, that shit was stunning. And she wasn't lip syncing either, and she sounded great. Being like, yeah, is she just celebrating like the old baby bump? Is this a new baby bump? What is happening with the with the baby bump? Well, I can tell um, you that I, my wife and her girlfriends at this party last night were all focused on the baby bump. They all course. noticed it, and they said, "We, of she's course. pregnant. It looks like she's pregnant." So that was it you know, the buzz at halftime. I will say, tip of the hat to her for the tease because she said something like, "I might bring a special guest." <laughs> which is kind of cute. But I mean, she didn't that is, bring in, that, you know, normally we, we, they, they'll bring in some other stars, like a surprise. She wasn't really dancing. And I, as, I yeah. just got to say, like, to me, it felt But the presentation was fucking rad. She yeah. got up there. She well, kind of phoned it in. She she made sure to promote her makeup brand while she did her oh, makeup. Yeah. Like, that was clever. I mean, that was kind of clever. Try a little harder. What the fuck? Any, anybody go watch that. 
I dare you to fucking say that she didn't sound fucking amazing. I fucking come on, man. Everybody, we're 19 minutes to red light. Red light cannot come soon enough tonight. We're not going to get to all of these, um, all these clips here. Let's, uh, go to Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager is going to talk about, uh, racial identity quarterbacks and the Super Bowl. It's on his show. Oh, he got rid of it. His show. Oh, this isn't on his show. His show, there used to be like a little logo on the bottom left that uh, said DP. <laughs> you know, the fucking 12-year-old in me thought that was pretty funny. But anyway, here's uh, here's the relief factor on the Salem News Channel. Dennis Prager talking about racial identity and uh, a quarterback in the Super Bowl. I'm Dennis Prager. Well, that's too bad. And I'm... Uh, I identify with my assigned sex at birth. Oh, you told the joke. Even the term assigned gender. Assigned. Do we have an assigned race? Actually, that we do, ironically. Why, why is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chief of Kansas City Chiefs, why is he referred to as black and not biracial? Isn't there an inherent dishonesty there? If people were honest, he would be called white as much as he would be called black. But if they were really honest, they would just say biracial. Truth is not a left-wing value. Anyway, I was going to tell you what Ami Horowitz was telling me. So, <clears throat> we probably call this person black because society has treated this person as a black man. That's my guess. I'm not an expert on football or racial identity but i'm guessing that this person the same reason barack obama people were like he's black and that's because we see him as a black man all right just gets worse everybody here's uh, candace owens um, candace owens is actually in a mother of the year contest and uh here's her first uh, the first thing she's going to do to enter this Mother of the Year contest. You mean to tell me that you basically hit up your fam, were like, hey, I'm a little mentally ill, and I want you to start referring to me as a male, and your oh. sweet grandma, sweet, adorable little grandma, wrote back to you and said, hey, so we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to pray for your soul, and we are going to still invite you here and we are going to still love you and you are amazing. And, but we obviously cannot participate in this mentally ill exercise. And she went to talk and she cried about being loved by her grandma. Cause that's what's happened. She, there's no rejection here. She just is. She was rejected by her grandmother. Saying, I'm not going to play mentally ill games. Right. And the weird part for me also is when she says, then she told my five cousins who are below the age of 10 who I wasn't going to tell. What do you mean you weren't going to tell them? You think that they weren't going to be thrown off? I mean, if a, a nine-year-old is pretty smart. Wait a minute. I thought it was wrong to tell the kid. I thought now it's okay to tell kids, young kids about this stuff. I guess it's okay if grandma does it. You get home and everyone is calling you Michael. <laughs> just, this is going to be like, hey, why is everyone calling you Michael? Like, obviously, they had to make your cousins aware of this. 
this circumstance that you're going through something because you are, in fact, going through a mental illness, which was probably placed upon you by society. Right. There's a, you're obviously a young woman. You're a young woman who is confused and probably confused because you're seeking attention. And it is a cry for help. Wait, and your what? No. answered that cry for help by telling you that you are loved as you are. No, 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 no. The, what you're describing here was conditional love, not unconditional love of a family. This is conditional love. <clears throat> I'm still going to love you as long as you don't push me on this. As long as you don't push me to accept you for who you are. You don't need to fall into this trap of insanity. You're the best grandma ever, by the way, because when I'm a grandma... I get any foolishness like that. I don't know. I want to be a sweet grandma. I really do. I want to be a sweet old lady, but I feel like I might be the kind to hit somebody with a cane. I don't Whoa, know. Whoa, dude. She's like, I would abuse my trans grandchild, but I will. I would have prayed for you. You, you just said that you would like to abuse your grandchild if they were trans, which seems, you know, goes not great. I guess we'll do Candace on Rihanna's halftime performance. I guess. Like I said, red light cannot come soon enough. Although it doesn't really get better in red light most nights, right? I do want to say this, by the way, because I was super annoyed to see that some people were still trying to pick it apart and oh this is this is something else i don't like it conservatives this is where we lose this is where we lose right when something like what sam smith did hits the stage and we say this is bad good because it is bad but when something like what rihanna did hits the stage and you find something bad with it that's just called being annoying that's just called sticking your nose up to culture that's just called why we lose in the end it's because we just seem like we can't we complain about everything, that we see everything and we are able to lodge a complaint. I saw one person say, why is she wearing the color red like the devil? Well, red is actually a color. I, you're allowed to wear red. I'm, I'm wearing red lipstick right now. It's not like the devil. It is a color and she can wear it. She was not wearing devil horns accompanied with it. So chill out. Enjoy the fact that we got a rare win here and that your children were not exposed to the transgender dildos and assless chaps. I mean, whatever. I don't even know what to say about that one. She was right at the beginning, but then at the end, she was like, well, at least there's no transes there. Um, here's, here's something. Here's just, this is just the craziest thing. Um, I didn't know where to put this. I almost put this in red light, but I was like, you know, we're going to need, we're going to need a couple funny things for, uh, for the show. Cause it's kind of bad. So here is not often in the news. One, Mr. Hulk Hogan. I didn't know, but he lives in Clearwater, Florida, which, you know, take that for what you will. <clears throat> and he's doing a karaoke after the Super Bowl, apparently at a Hogan's Hangout. Is that a bar? Is that his house? I don't know. <laughs> you know, coming off Super Bowl last night, I'm still a little bit rattled to see two great teams going head to head and one go down to defeat. You know, the game was intense. The fourth quarter ramped up. They got crazier and crazier and crazier, brother. But then the Super Bowl kind of mellowed out as Mahomes took a knee as they ran out the time and everything ended peaceful. Well, we, the, 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 it's a football game. It's supposed to end peacefully. 
You know it's not that way at Hogan's Hangout, brother. Because just like the Super Bowl, we got great champions every night. Monday night at Hogan's Hangout, you know it gets really, really crazy with the karaoke at the Hangout. Does your karaoke not end peacefully, Hulk Hogan? I'm sorry, Terry Bradshaw? Does your does the karaoke not end peacefully? From 8 to 11 when you give the title belts out. But what's so different about Hogan's Hangout Karaoke Night in the Super Bowl is when two great champions go head-to-head all night long, head-to-head through the straddle of the night. Nobody mellows out at Hogan's Hangout. It's not the fourth quarter at Hogan's Hangout. It's not laid back, grab the ball, and take a knee at Hogan's Hangout. At Hogan's Hangout, you fight till you die. You fight till you... Terry Bollea, sorry. Terry Bradshaw's a different person. ...in victory around your waist. So tonight, at Hogan's Hangout, more intense than the Super Bowl ever thought it could be. We're going to crown a champion, the best male and the best female. And guess what? It's going to be a battle all night long from 8 till we give the belts out. Tonight, karaoke, Hogan's Hangout, Super Bowl, sit around and watch how we do things, brother. (laughs) (laughs) This is the fucking dumbest thing. He's like, it's going to be fucking, it's. Sir, it's karaoke. People are there for fun and to get drunk and to like poorly sing. Hell yeah, brother. I will survive. Actually, that's a tough song to sing. Pretty pretty brave to sing I Will Survive. So uh, up next is Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk is a fine dining expert. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, he is. We're going to learn about the Golden Corral. Joining us now is Raheem Kassam. Raheem, welcome back to the program. Lots of topics we can cover. The one in particular I want to start with is this. The Daily Show creator freaks out over Greg Gutfeld's ratings, but says the audience is gross and insults Golden Corral. I've always said Golden Corral is actually largely underrated, but that's a separate issue for a different time. Let's play cut 97 and I'll have you respond, Raheem. Golden Corral is underrated. It's a fucking buffet. Like most, the only like, I don't like most buffets. You can do, you can pull it off with pizza. You can pull it off with sushi. And um, I guess technically one of those like kind of pricey um, Brazilian, um, what are they? Fucking, I forget now. Anyway, those are technically buffets too. But Golden Corral, that ain't it, buddy. Here's a, uh, Charlie Kirk and uh, Bumblejack. This is Jack Posobiec. Ooh, this one's long. This is going to be our last clip for tonight. Well, second to last clip because I do have a, a Jordy Pete. Um, I'll move a couple of these into uh, red light, I think. Um, this is Charlie Kirk and uh, Bumblejack talking about airline pilots okay, so Jack, and uh, apartheid you and let's say that you know you had a traumatic brain injury and you woke up in a hospital and you hadn't watched any news for two weeks and i said so like john fetterman yeah well s- similar oh come right? on dude far more sentient and um able to understand information but let's just say you had no or, or you went into the wilderness for two weeks you came back i said hey jack let me just lay out these facts for you there are hazardous materials and trains being de- derailed there are ufos flying over the american homeland that we're shooting down we can't have eggs we have food shortages baby formula shortages supply chain shortages you say are we at war (laughs) so jack let me ask you a question what the heck is going on so 
you, you know, Charlie, what we're going through, and we've, we've been covering this on the program recently, and I just, I call it the collapse of complex systems. And one of the things that I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble right now for on the internet, which is, which is usual for me, um, is that I was using South Africa as an example of, of what we've been doing because they're about 20 to, or 15 to 20 years ahead of us on this path. Because what we've been doing, Charlie, for a long time now is promoting political agendas ahead of merit, ahead of skill, ahead of quality. And we've get, we are getting to the point now where we, because, because we've been introducing work quotas and we've been introducing these new ideas. We have a, a transportation secretary who was given his job because of his sex life, who has no qualifications whatsoever for... Wait, no, he was given that job because he fucking bent the knee to Joe Biden like during the primaries. I bet uh, there was a, I bet there was an agreement made that position, we're now in a position in our country where everything seems like it's just falling apart. All of the systems, the routine maintenance, the, the trains can't seem to be running properly. And you talk to the left and they'll say, oh, this is because of greed. This is because of capitalism. What's, what's, what's the capitalism? Where's the, where's the profit incentive for everything falling apart? No, that doesn't explain it. And so the reason that I brought up South Africa is because if you've just seen a couple of days ago, South Africa's president just announced that they're in energy crisis. Their entire energy grid is failing. Um, they are invoking the disaster law now because they're introducing power shortages. They have to do this so they can have any power at all whatsoever. Uh, they've also got water issues at the same time. They're having water supply issues. I mean, they're, they're right on the coast. Um, they have plenty of rivers, but at the same time, they can't get water to the people. And so what I, this, this footage that we're all looking at comes to us by way of Joel Pollack from Breitbart. And I, I just have to say congratulations, South Africa. You are the first country to achieve total equity full equality, full inclusion in your workforce, the level of equity and equality is off the charts because everyone is suffering equally. That's the only, what the fuck? the only outcome that will ever come from forcing equality on an entire country. Like he might as well just say that ending apartheid was bad because that's what he's saying. I mean, he's not saying it, but he's saying it an entire group of people because human beings are inherently unequal. That's just how it is. We all have different talents. And so what you're seeing there, that, that those are images of the central mall in, uh, in Cape Town, South Africa, from just a couple of days ago, that's completely blacked out. And you're seeing this across the country. Hospitals are having power issues. Kids have to read by candlelight. Or you're seeing images of kids that, um, that you know, like the, like the strobe light attached to their head kind of stuff. A strobe light? And it's, it's horrifying. You can't read terrible. by strobe light? And you go back to 1998, and Nelson Mandela, his government, and you can pull this up on the old CNN website, you know, the new CNN, you can never find it, but it says racial quota plan to become law. They called it employment equity. Charlie, have you heard that phrase before? I know that I have because the parliamentary move would give, quote, preferences to people on the basis of race and ultimately require racial quotas, mm -hmm. said Anitha Jeffrey of the South African Institute of Race Relations. Uh, to push this transition into the, quote, white-dominated ranks and make up for the wrongs of apartheid, Mandela's government backs a plan in which black South Africans, I'm just reading from CNN.com, by the way, uh, government would back a plan in which black South Africans, quote, would need to constitute 69% of the workforce at all levels from the top down. And it, and it goes on. And uh, you, you said it perfectly, Charlie, at the start here. What they've done is they've taken the system of colonialism and yeah. inverted it. That's right where you, you, you say, okay, well, we're, you know, we don't like this and we think this is racism, so we're just going to reverse it. And essentially what they're doing, this, you saw Mao do this in China, you saw Stalin do this in Russia. 
with with the inversion being that this isn't the um, isn't just the rich. What they're doing it is based along racial lines. So it's it's sort of communism with a with a racial ethnic basis to it. Uh, Neo Bolshevism, whatever you want to call it, it's the same exact precepts but applied along different lines. And of course, this is always the outcome of it. And it's horrific. I think it's terrible for everyone living there. Obviously, regardless of, of the mm -hmm. color of your skin, etc. But we're seeing the same thing here in the United States because what we've been doing now, it's simple, Charlie. Uh, if you start hiring people on the basis of race, gender, and sexual orientation, and you make that your lodestar, then it is always doomed to failure. Just look at the Biden administration. Yeah, I mean, we're playing with some really, this is a high stakes game. And, and I want to just drill this down for a second here with you, Jack, because at times when I talk to wealthy conservatives, sometimes I think they're really starting to get it. But it, sometimes they will resist my intensity warning about these things. And they'll say, well, this is just an academic thing. It's just, it, okay, it's wacky. We don't like it. You shouldn't teach kids it. But eventually they're going to get into the real world. But Jack, this is no longer a threat. BlackRock has these ideas via ESG, United Airlines, State Street Partners, the federal government, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force. And so can you just reinforce? I mean, Charlie, you just said it right there. <laughs> the airlines, wait until your airline pilot, when you get into your, your flight, when you go to, to the airport and you sign up for your flight and your, your airline pilot has been chosen not necessarily because they were the best person for the job, but that multiple people were up for the job. But then the airline said, you know what? We've got a, we've got a deficit in our ESG score. We need to put someone ahead, even if they don't have the better qualifications, but because we need, we have a disparate representation in our workforce of our pilots. And that's why we mm -hmm. need to put this person in the head. What about, uh, Charlie, they're getting away with MCATs. They're get, we're doing away with standardized testing. What happens when your doctor, what happens when your surgeon is there? And, and you're not going to know. It's not like they're going to have yep. some card on them that says this. Well, and it just I'll go it back creates to South more Africa. racism. Yeah, go ahead. Finish the, finish uh, the and, point. And uh, finish the point because, and you know, and I, I actually had someone, a lawyer in South Africa, Jack, you're an idiot. I'm a constitutional lawyer and I don't see anything like that. Okay, here we go. Chapter 10, public administration, basic values and principles governing public administration, section 195, paragraph I, Public administration must be broadly representative of the South African people with employment and personnel management practices based on ability, objectivity, fairness, and the need to redress the imbalances of the past to achieve broad representation. Charlie, they're doing the exact same thing here. All right. Well, that's a good enough place to stop this clip as any. What he means to say is if you get on the plane and you see a pilot who isn't a white man, you should wonder to yourself. Is that a good pilot? And when I get on the plane, I fucking don't see the pilot. Usually the pilot's in a little room beginning at the end, fuck front of the plane. Only you really see the pilot much these days. And, um, I just don't think about it much because the plane fucking flies itself anyway. Like for the most part, the plane fucking flies itself anyway. But that's not really the point, but maybe it is. These people don't even understand how a plane works. It mostly fucking flies itself. So we're going to end the podcast part of the show here on a clip from old Jordy Pete. And here's just uh, something worth pondering from uh, Mr. Uh, Beef and Benzos. Here's something else that's, that's worth pondering. You know, you talked about one of the advantages of the sexual revolution was 
the transformation of the idea that rape was a property crime, let's say, into a crime against the woman herself. And I would say, look, I have plenty of sympathy for that perspective, and I think it's fundamentally true, but, but I'm gonna push back because, you know, all, this is all very complicated. You know, it isn't obvious to me that that offers women enough defense. You know, and so the counter argument might be if untrammeled sexual access to a young woman is a crime, in order for that to be recognized as a crime properly, it has to be viewed as something that will bring the males on her side to her defense in principle. Wait, what? Now, maybe not, right? Because you could say, well, maybe we could set up a society where merely, quote, transgressing the rights of a woman to say no is sufficient. That's not merely, tra- that's a fucking, that's like one of the most, one of the most, like, one of the worst felonies. Like, that's, that's one of the, that's, these are, these are, like, at least, it, like, by the letter of the law, these are like the worst violent felonies. I mean, murder, I guess, is worse, but, like, what kind of men are going to be around that are like, oh, well, you know, it's not really a crime. Like, you did that to my daughter? Well, I mean, it's not, it's not my property, whatever. Like, what the fuck? But it's not obvious to me that that's sufficient. Like, maybe sufficient means not only do you violate the integrity of the woman in a fundamental sense, but you enrage all of her male protectors. And then that's enough of a barrier because God only knows how much barrier we need. I have fucking nothing on that. I think, I think anything I'm going to say is going to be obvious and I might even say something fucking stupid. What do you mean enrage all the, what do you think? You think it doesn't enrage all the men in that person's life? Anyway, that's been the podcast portion of the show. I'm very sorry. And I've got to give it to anybody who sat through two hours of that, listening to that shit on Spotify or Apple podcasts or whatever. I know the show's usually an hour and it's to be fair. It's like usually not even close to this infuriating. There's like a bunch of shit on this document that I didn't even get to. That's just as infuriating. There's a clip I skipped particularly because I was like, this has just been too much tonight. We're not going to do it during red light. We're just going to fucking, you can probably look through the docket in the show notes, or if you're watching live by uh, hitting exclamation point, exclamation point docket in the channel, find the docket. You can probably see uh, what we, what we skipped. That was infuriating. Anyway, that's been the show. Thanks again, everybody, for hanging out. If you're watching live, listening live, don't go anywhere. I'll be back in a couple minutes. I've been sitting here for two fucking hours. So I'm going to get up, stretch, pee, and I'm going to definitely need a drink. If you are if you are of a drinking sort, if you want to pour one, uh, please do. If you don't drink, that's fine with me. I've been the Plex. Uh, and I'll see you on the flip side. This is Boomers by Periscope.
you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.